Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Are you remodeling or building your dream home? We will chat about everything from the ceilings to the floors and everything in between. So if you have any questions about anything you've heard about, then you can email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. This podcast is being brought to you by Premier Lighting, and today is March 18th. Well, our special guest today has been here before. Saeed Aslam is the owner of Alishan Fine Rugs in Scottsdale, Arizona. And today we are going to talk about his wonderful trip to the Orient. Would I say the Orient? Would um, that be considered Orient? Kind of. Well, anyway, I should say thank you for <laughs> thank you for coming by. My pleasure. Nice being here, Nancy. So I know that over the holidays you went to this fantastic buying trip, and in Pakistan, do you do that often? I do. I like to go twice a year, and uh, I always go to India and Pakistan. This time there were just animosities between the two, so I was not able to go to. Is that uh, for India. safety reasons? You decided to only go to one? No, they stopped. No, I, I feel safe in both. They stopped the visas, and I'm a U.S. citizen, but um, I, I was born in Pakistan. I came here as a kid, so they stopped giving visas to each other. So when you go to Pakistan, do they say welcome, welcome back? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> do you have a large family there? I do. And a large group of friends, you know, I went to school there, high school, college. So I have a lot of people there still. Um, so do you have to make a schedule on how many dinners you have to make with your friends? You know, when you go to another town, I know here when I go visit relatives, it's like, well, you have to come to my house. You have to come to my house. You probably have a whole list of people. You know, that is <clears throat> probably the best and the worst thing about uh, going to India and Pakistan is the food. And the best thing, because it's really incredible food, and everybody takes incredible amount of pride in it. And the worst thing, because they feed you to death. And you just can't say no, and they keep trying to feed you more and more. And, you know, you can't say no to dinner invitations, and it just becomes... <laughs> so we're going to talk about rugs, but I want to ask you, do you find the Pakistani restaurants here as good as the ones in Pakistan? The ones in Pakistan are out of this world. Okay, what's your favorite really food? Not that I would know, but you can tell me anything. <laughs> uh, Niharis, Haleems, these things that are very, very, you know, orthodox Pakistani dishes that are not easy to make. So did you make time between dinners to go rug shopping? I did, believe it or not. Uh, some I, work I, know, I do be believe done. it because I saw pictures. <laughs> some work has to be done. The rug shopping in that part of the world is quite, uh, you feel like you're in an Indiana Jones movie or something because a lot of it is very, if you're uh, shopping from dealers, then you'll be in warehouses and things like that. But if you're shopping the way I do, you'd be dealing with a lot of weaving families and a lot of small outfits and a lot of small cities and very ancient, primitive um, culture and infrastructure and things like that. So, so, so you're really on a journey when you go shopping. I am. I am. I was once in Peshawar and I, I was married at that time and I called my wife back who had stayed in Lahore, this other city, and I said, honey, this was my fourth day here and I saw a woman today. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Can you believe so that? So what? There's no McDonald's over there? Uh, no, I saw a woman. I, I saw a lady for the first time. No, what I meant is, uh, you know, do they have things like McDonald's if, there's, if they're sparse they on women? <laughs> well, what it is, is it's, it's you go two, three hundred years difference between traveling a few hundred miles. Really? So you go to one city and it feels like you're in ancient, some tribal something. 
that is, you know, from 300 years ago to you come to Karachi or Lahore and you've got the most modern outfits and the most incredible parties. And, and so those are probably your favorite places. They are. They are. <laughs> do they all speak English or do they have different dialects? They have different dialects. They have, uh, I speak three languages, including English. Uh, two others are the Pakistani languages. Some are dialects, some are literally different languages. Uh, but if anybody is uh, considered uh, educated in Pakistan, then they'll speak English because the British rule in India and Pakistan, English is one of the main languages. So it must be easy for you to then negotiate maybe with these uh, people who are selling rugs because you know the language. The reason why I'm asking is when I was doing research on this, it seems like there are a lot of Americans, or maybe a handful, who decide to make it an interesting buying trip, and they might go to Pakistan, and they might want to buy a rug. So they wouldn't go to the places where you're going, right? They won't. And frankly, this may sound like a self-serving suggestion because I'm in the rug business here, but it's uh, crazy to do that. I mean, anywhere you go, any other rug dealer that you go that is a reputable dealer here in town, um, it is a million times easier for you to do that here, take the rug home, see if the colors look different, whether you like it or not. You know, go travel, look at the history. Look or at buy the jewelry. Go buy jewelry or souvenirs yeah. that you know you're going to like. You're not going to come home and say, honey, the blue looks green, <laughs> you know. Right, so, and they can't return it if something goes yeah. wrong. So many dealers in your own town that go buy from original sources there like I do and probably can get you a similar value. Uh, as you were there, and if not, you paid a little more, but you, but it's just a million times easier than getting into home furnishings when you're. Oh, overseas. I agree. So if there's people listening to this, don't go buying rugs in Pakistan. Buy jewelry, eat the food, and then come home yeah. and go to Alishan. I mean, yeah, really, and so because many dealers here, so many of yeah. them, including us, but so many reputable dealers. Why would you put yourself through that misery? I wouldn't. <laughs> I personally wouldn't. Good look at the history. Look at the buildings. Try the food. Meet the take people. Take lots of pictures. You know, take pictures. Buy souvenirs. So. Well, how successful was your buying trip? Did you buy a lot? You know, I my um, intentions of what I want to achieve during a buying trip have changed over the years. I used to go, and if I need half a million dollars of rugs from a place, uh, I would go try and buy half a million dollars in rugs. And I found out over time is that the best way to buy rugs is to buy all the time. So if some weaving family has a rug that just got finished or some dealer has five rugs that his outfit did, is to go look at them when they're done right away rather than go twice a year to buy a massive quantity. So when I go there, I have a permanent person in India and a permanent person in Pakistan. And when I go there, my objective, instead of buying a million dollars in rugs, is to buy rugs enough in front of them to train them, to show them what the new styles are, what our desired colors are, what designs we want, uh, so that they can keep buying nonstop. So I do Then do you buying. get new and fresh yes. instead of getting, yes. maybe they worked on some months and months before and they've yeah. got this big stack. Well, I agree. So maybe we should tell people that if they go into Alishan and they see a rug that they like, then they can try it out, just like a mattress. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the great advantages of doing that. 
um, just what we were talking about, that if you go overseas and try and get something, you can't do that. So any reputable dealer, definitely Alishan, will let you take rugs home, try them at home, make sure they look in natural light and artificial light, uh, and you're 100% sure before you purchase anything. Can't beat that. So actually, you had a lot of fun when you were there. I hate to keep going back to your vacation, but it sounded like a lot of fun, and I saw the pictures of you walking in these high building yards with rugs hanging from the walls. Is that (laughs) common? It is very common. The... Uh, real estate is very expensive in places like Pakistan, so they try and utilize every part of it. And normally the rooftops is one of the most utilized areas, either as a seating area or in proper weather, people will sleep on the rooftops. Uh, and also for any kind of work like this, like you're trying to dye yarn or you're trying to dry uh, clothing that you have dyed or you're trying to Uh, finish uh, rugs that you need to hang. So uh, using rooftops is a very common thing in Pakistan. Well, what does the temperature go up to over there? Pakistan is called the roof of the world, which means, which the reason for that is that it has some of the highest mountain peaks on earth going through Pakistan because of the Hindu Kush mountain range. Uh, that same mountain range has Himalaya and K2, Himalayas in, in Tibet and K2 in uh, Pakistan. Um, so Pakistan goes from flatland and desert with 130 degrees Fahrenheit temperature to below whatever the heck you can imagine. <laughs> that is like the highest mountain in the world and snow so the, glaciers. The reason why I asked is because if they have their rugs outside and it's a very strong sunlight, it's not going to fade? Everything will fade under the sun, and if the rugs are outside or anything else is outside, they will fade. So they are very careful in what they are doing, like a rug is finished and then dried outside after it's washed, but it's only out for a day or so. Then do they roll it up? Is that the best way for them to store it, or do they lay them flat? Uh, Laying them flat is the best way, Um, but normally when they get transported, they get folded and rolled which is out of logistical necessity, but it's not the best way to keep a rug. If you're keeping a rug for a very long time, roll it fringe to fringe loosely and don't fold it and don't pack it in plastic because the rug needs to, the wool needs to breathe. So normally people say, oh, I'm storing this away for a few years, so let me get it all airtight wrapped up. Well, that's not what you want to do. So just loosely roll it. Elevate it from the ground, wherever Mm -hmm. you keep it. Like if it's in a garage or something, you know, put some cinder block under it just so it doesn't, uh, you know. Get the the moisture of the concrete. And the floods, because floors get flooded a lot. So if you raise it by a foot, you really save yourself a lot of trouble. Um, Maybe if they get tired of seeing it on the floor, they can hang it on the wall. Well, there you go. That would be the best way to store (laughs) it. That's my next marketing here is rugs for walls. (laughs) We're actually doing this podcast surrounded by rugs because they're great to absorb sound. You know, before we talk any more about rugs, I want to talk about um, premier lighting. I know that the girls just went to market and they have a whole slew of fixtures hanging from their ceilings, everything new and everything that's trendy. So if you're interested in new fixtures for your home, if you want a new look, I would say go on their website at shoppremier.com. You can call their phone number. They do ship out of state, but if you're in Arizona, stop by the showroom. They will help you with any questions that you might have. And so give them a try, shoppremier.com. They're great. Anyway, let's go back to Pakistan. 
All right. Sounds good. I'm ready. So did you end up, you didn't buy any rugs in India because of the, this trip. This trip. Yes. So where's your next trip? Uh, I have decided to uh, mix uh, business with pleasure. And so now instead of just rushing to my buying trips and rushing back, uh, last time I went recently, I stayed in England for a week. So now I'm planning on stopping over for a week or 10 days vacation uh, on every trip that I make. So That sounds good. Did I you say know, hello to the queen? I Not this trip. She was busy. But I did go and uh, say hi to the spirit of Winston Churchill. I went to the museum, the Second World War Museum, where he conducted the war from. Interesting. And I'm a history buff for Second World War, so that was the biggest treat I could have had. Well, <laughs> that's interesting. But um, I think seeing the queen, the queen might be real interesting, Next especially time. with what's going on. You know, it seems like Harry and Meghan are all over the place. <laughs> you might run into them or the baby. I'll ask for her audience the next time I'm there. And I'm sure she'll give it to you. <laughs> so do you have your new rugs in the showroom now, or do we have to wait for them to maybe go through customs? I know you went in uh, December, yeah. January. The ones that I shipped when I was there are here. There's a lot of, it's a nonstop process. So rugs get shipped as they arrive. Large shipments get shipped by ocean freight. Smaller shipments or rugs that clients are waiting for get shipped by air freight. Um, so it's just a nonstop process. So some are here and some are going to come here after a while. Did you, are they working on any new unusual patterns that you saw? Yes, we in fact have are you incredible incredible number of new and unusual patterns that we have received not from just from this trip but from uh, in the last year I would say we brought in some incredible designs that uh, people probably have never seen before. Oh now you're getting me curious There you go. (laughs) Are they still using the same colors or have you seen new colors coming in? Colors change They, they really pay attention to what our market is doing they've done a very good job of that so anytime you know Pantone and Sherwin Williams and right. whatever is coming up with new colors, they try and keep up with that. So, did and you see a lot of navy blues and greens? Those seem to be uh, very uh, popular colors this year. Yeah, blues and grays uh, have been very popular for the last couple of years, also. Um, and then uh, green is really coming up as very strong right now. Yeah, I'm not sure about green. But there are some <laughs> greens I like, some I don't. I Same wouldn't. thing with blue. Some blues are very hard to work with, yeah, but some are very true. forgiving. That's <laughs> true. What is your favorite color? Uh, in business, green. But that has less <laughs> to do with drugs. <laughs> but overall, um, uh, I love the versatility of uh, black or beige. These colors are just very... Uh, They play very well together, you know, and they are very forgiving playing with other colors. So, Well, black is new. Well, it's not new. It's a very old color. But now they're bringing more black in. Uh, Kitchen cabinets are black. All the accents are black in bathrooms, bedrooms. um, You're going to see a lot of black. Probably by the time we finish being black to death, 2020 will be here and they'll get rid of that. There you go. That's good for you because people, (laughs) how often do people change their rugs? You know, with rugs, my biggest suggestion to people is that make sure that you buy something that you're going to love having for the rest of your life. Then if you change it because you're changing your decor, good for you, but you won't be forced to change it, you know. So buy a good rug that you expect to have for the rest of your life. 
or pass it on to one of your yeah, or make it one an of your kids or your siblings. Exactly, right. Right. exactly. But plan on don't buy a rug thinking, oh well, in five years I'll change it like fabric. Don't do that. Think of a rug as a lifetime thing. Then if you change it or give it away, great. It Good is a us. lifetime thing. But we talked about this before. What makes a rug an heirloom? Um, a few things. Uh, I would say three primary things. One of them is the history. So it's not just a product that somebody came up with. It has a history that goes back to documentedly about 5,000 years at least. Um, And then the second thing is their aging and durability. They become an heirloom because they last so long. You know, you've got to be around for a century or two or three for you to be an heirloom, and rugs last that long. And then also aging you know you may last 100 years but you may look like me after 58 and you won't want them around but <laughs> rugs age really beautifully so you look at a 100 year old rug and it's prettier if you like antiques than it's brand new version so that the the durability the history and the way that they age and how they look combine that and they're magnificent heirlooms you're partial to these rugs, and they are beautiful. I am but partial. we talked before about storing them. So if you have mm-hmm. an heirloom rug, then you have to be doubly careful that you're storing it correctly. Otherwise, you're going to ruin it for your heirs. Yep, five, ten times more careful because a new rug you can replace, but the old one you can't. And mm-hmm. if it's an heirloom within your family, then you really, really want to preserve it. So, Do you see a lot of people buying heirloom rugs from private individuals who maybe are tired of them or maybe they just don't want to have that rug there anymore so then they can sell it? Is there a market for that? There is. It's just a very difficult uh, market. You really, really need to know rugs and need to know the age of rugs because a lot of rugs are just aged artificially. Mm-hmm. You know, like all those jokes about them rug dealers throwing rugs out on the sidewalk. They're really true. Beating the heck they're, out of them. <laughs> yep, they're beating the heck out of them and making them into antiques. So you really, really got to know what you're doing. A uh, certain rug from a certain area uh, in the same exact quality for the same, from the same era, one rug may be worth 10 times more than the other just because of the rarity. One was made in very, very large numbers and another one wasn't. So that can be a good living for somebody, but they better know rugs really, really well. Ooh, or they can ask you, but then if they ask you, why don't they just go to Alishan and buy one? There you go. I I love the way you think. (laughs) That's a very good suggestion. (laughs) We've got about two more minutes, and I know you have to get back to work, and I wanted to just touch on the custom rugs. I know you're getting into the most beautiful contemporary patterns. Uh, can people order them in different colors? How long does it take? I got a million questions. Should we just talk slightly about it, and then we'll do the next time you uh, come into a podcast, we'll talk about custom contemporary rugs. That sounds great. Custom rugs uh, are a magnificent uh, part of the rug business um, that I think more people should consider. The negative with custom rugs is the obvious one, that it takes a long time. If you're ordering a room-size hand-knotted rug, it'll take five, six months. If you are okay with that, and I mean, if you really think about it, it's a summer. Order a rug, by the time you come back, the rug is ready. It's not that long. Five or six months, it goes by like butterflies. But you end up getting exactly what you want, the colors, the design, the style, the size. So 
I will admit that finding something in stock, being able to take it home, look at it, decide, okay, I love it, I buy it, that's the easiest thing. But whenever that is not working for you and you're about to compromise on the size or the style or the colors, uh, don't. Just order one from us. We'll order from anybody else who does a good job of it. Great advantage with us is that the custom rug costs exactly the same as if you found the same rug in stock. There is no upcharge for custom rugs. Okay, so how many rugs do you have in stock? About 5,000. And you mean to tell me there are people who can't find a rug they like? <laughs> we have a joke that if you can't find it in our inventory, it doesn't exist. But then uh, the counter to that joke is we won't have a custom rug program. That would be a... That's true. That's but, true. But uh, how many custom rugs really do you sell? A lot. One of the reasons is that we've perfected. The, the problem with custom rugs is not the time it takes, it's the amount of mistakes that it uh, is prone to having. Uh, we have developed a lot of methods, a lot of standard operating procedures. We apply a lot of software, project management software. The rugs are made in an old-fashioned way, but we, the mistakes happen in communication, so we avoid that. We get them done in our own looms, so that avoids a lot of trouble and problems. Um, and imagine a rug being made for you. It's made for you, designed for you, the exact size that you want. Oh, you I mean, can even have your name woven into you it. You can. And talk about an heirloom. My God, you know, imagine somebody sitting someday saying, Grandma and Grandpa <laughs> got this rug made. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. But on the same token, if they order a custom rug, they can't expect to have it delivered and go, you know what, we really don't like this. Correct. I mean, uh, we'll work with our customers on anything and make sure that they're happy. But if they've ordered a custom rug and we've made a mistake, we'll take it back no oh, matter what. Well, but I know if, you. I know you would. But if you deliver, if we deliver what you ordered, then, yeah, you know, we'd rather you really keep it. <laughs> yeah, you can't just change your mind. It's not like buying uh, vegetables. One thing is that if it is a something that is saleable for us, that is normal, popular colors and size, We'll work with you. We'll give you something else. Uh, unless their name you know. is woven into it. Yeah. Then you're stuck with it. <laughs> or if you wanted a 5-foot by 30-foot runner that oh was specially God. made for you, well, yeah. then, yeah. yeah, we'd rather you keep Hard it. Hard to find a, a, a hallway or whatever, a room to have a runner that exactly. long. So I guess you have to really think hard before you order it. And think about it. Go see uh, Alishan. You've got tons and tons of rugs. If they can't yep. find one, you know, it's nice to know that they can have one custom made, but then um, they have to get it going. If it takes five to six months, you can't just say, yeah, I'll put it off. And then this happens with cabinets, though. They take the all the time in the world <coughs> before they decide, and then once they decide, they want it in two weeks. Same thing with drugs. Oh, really? Yeah, they've taken because four Because they months. start counting that four or five yep. months from the first day they yep. talk to you, right? Exactly. They yep. want, they've spent four months deciding, and then they want it. They said, but you said four months, yeah. But yeah not <laughs> from when we said hello. But one big advantage with our inventory is 95% of the time, you'll find what you're looking for in stock, because that's why we have over $10 million our cost of inventory in stock. So 95% of the time, you'll find what you're looking for. We have more large rugs than probably all of Arizona combined. Uh, so we have very, very, very large inventory. Mm. So I have one more question, and I keep getting this. One more question. When you do a custom rug, do you go back to the same people in Pakistan that you ordered rugs from, or is that a whole different factory? It's the same, but yet different. There's, there are weavers that are very good at weaving the rugs that they want. But then there are weavers that are very good at weaving custom rugs because that requires a lot of 
organization, a lot of communication, and uh, you know, a lot of following very exact uh, things that the client wants. So. There are weavers that have done very well at that. We experiment with different ones, and the ones that do well, we keep going back to just those. So there are ones that we buy in stock rugs from, but the custom ones are special that specialize in that, and we keep going back to those. Do any of those people come and visit your store here? You know, one um, some salespeople from certain outfits that have grown bigger than just you know a few looms uh, come and visit sometimes. And one of my dad's old, old suppliers who had dealt with him in the 60s and 70s, uh, before he passed away, he wanted to come and visit the West where he had been supplying rugs his whole life. And he came and spent a couple of weeks with me. Uh, so that That's was like old family, though. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some of these kids grow up when I was a kid, and now they have their father's business and i have my father's business and we're dealing with each other interesting and my son is next in line i took him to pakistan and and your grandson too well on that on that note i want to say thank you very much for coming down here i know you're alan sean is right down the the hallway from where we're doing this podcast so you don't have to walk a long way but thank you so much for (laughs) coming by i want to thank everybody for listening and be sure to download that app so that you can subscribe to home design chat with nancy and then you can listen to all these interesting podcasts so until next time have a great day 